are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today is the one and only Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm here. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, we don't really have a whole lot to talk about. You know, we've we've no, we talked and, and, a little bit off the mic about the fact that. <sighs> well, and, and I'm I'm coming off of a good old 12:30 start yesterday too, which you know yep. it's it's been a while since I've had a Saturday afternoon game. I think the last afternoon game that they had, or which was their first of the year, we we kind of touched on this last week a little bit because it snowed here, so right. I didn't make it. So and 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 you know what? Full disclosure, and I put this on Twitter as well. I didn't even say this to you before we started recording either. I kind of had a rough scheduling week, so I actually didn't even make it. Three home games this week, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday. I only made it to Saturday. Wow. So just a couple. Slacking was, off, huh? Nah, it was a couple last-minute things. Uh, the Monday, first of all, the Monday game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon is not a recipe for – and it was rescheduled too. That was another part. So, oh, no, we did chat a little bit about the fact that you were probably not going to that game. Yes. No, and then I had something last minute kind of pop up on Monday into Tuesday. So Tuesday night was just not in the cards. Um, so I ended up coming back and watching that one. And to what well, wasn't to my surprise, and it certainly wasn't, I guess, to anybody else's surprise, they lost both of those games. Wow. Carolina and St. Louis. And but you then, know what? Those are the only two losses we have to talk about this week. Shocking, honestly. I mean, oh. well, shocking and not. Right. Like you figure at some point they're going to put a game together and then you think about what happened and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later, but we had some players returning from injury right. and that kind of like, helped provide a spark in the lineup as we saw very quickly into that game. Well, and let's put it this way. For a 10 like not it wasn't a 10 game winless streak obviously. This current streak was not, but pretty close. For, no, but for something that yeah, for something that was on the way. This one felt more like the 10 gamer of like 3 years ago. You know how many games like they had five that went to overtime during that one? Yeah, they, they kind of just couldn't finish it off. But they, they were felt there. a little more in these games. Every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, I, and down to the fact that you had lost the two that you did to Detroit, and then you were leading Pittsburgh four to two with eight minutes left in the third period. God, You're you get a three two lead on Washington with three fifty one left in the third period, and then you You're blow playing, it. You know, you're playing Carolina. It goes to overtime. Well, yep. that's a coin flip. And it, and it legitimately was. I mean, they, Carolina scored with 18 seconds left in overtime. Yeah, that was a good overtime, too. Yeah. and There St. were not Lu- a whole lot of stoppages. And the St. Louis game, it's 2-1 to one with the net empty. So Yeah, and all of those teams are – I'm pretty sure play. all of those teams are in playoff spots. They're, I'm pretty sure St. Louis oh, is in, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. By, by Pretty much by plenty, honestly. Okay, so yeah. everyone there is in a divisional playoff spot. Oh yeah, St. Um, Washington might not be. I have to double check. Okay, Washington's on a little in a little bit of a rut right now. And these They've are had teams, a rough week. But. Well, and, and you're probably not seeing the best out of these teams because the Flyers are kind of on the soft end of the lineup. I think you've seen some backups here. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So who did I say everybody played as we go through this? So Pitt, Pittsburgh's clear in a way. They're second in the Metro. Yep. Actually, I think I think the day the Flyers played them, they were first. Oh, Washington's the questionable team there. Yeah. Huh? Carolina's okay. in first place in the Metro. Washington's got the last wild card spot right now. And they're something like um, 8, 11, and 5 in their last so many. Like, they are not playing well recently. I've... No, they're not. As, as a matter of fact, and listen, I know it's end of February. You got all of March and all of April to kind of get it figured out before the playoffs. This is two games I've got. They've only played three games, by the way, in the last week and a half. They played last Thursday in Philly. Had a week off, played Thursday in, uh, against the Rangers, and then played Saturday. 
Yep. And so that's the- all there was. So I've seen them twice in their last three games in person because, ironically, those were the last two games I've seen, Saturdays and the previous Thursdays. This and- is a team that for a playoff team, and for one that's pretty likely to make the playoffs, I mean, like, they're pretty set on – like the, yeah, pretty likely, but with 30 games to go, Columbus no, and Detroit I know. Columbus are both the, making it interesting. Well, Detroit need, really needed to finish off what they were working on, on I agree. Saturday in a crazy, totally crazy game. There but were they, a couple crazy games Saturday. We'll talk but, about that. But Detroit was like, if I go and look at Detroit, the record is now starting to resemble more of where they currently are in a way. Yeah, like the youth that's is fair. Showing, I mean. If they're they still, still technically they worth still, mentioning in the mathematical race here, but Columbus are, like, is the more likely challenger. Well, yeah, because now, well, now that Detroit is below hockey five hundred, like yeah. they, you know, the fact that they weren't before, or good like, old Bettman five hundred. <laughs> but be, be, the fact that they weren't before, oh, I'll get into that later too. Uh. I, no, I have a reason for getting into that later, um, but. Because it actually is Flyers team to get. I was gonna say the Flyers need to stop getting into overtime, stop getting points here. Uh, well, the the fact that they're the only, I believe they're still the only team. Yeah, they're the only team with double digit overtime losses. Jesus Christ! So that's a bit of a problem, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to get a a top five pick here, that's not the way to do it. Well, uh, I mean, winning a game against the Washington Capitals doesn't help your case either. So. Fair enough, but but either way, um, so. Like I look at, but I look at Detroit and I go, "There's too many regulation losses there. They're piling up a little too much." Like the two wins against the Flyers were actually really good for them, and yeah. I, I don't even. I have to go check. I want to see what they've even done since then, because I think since then it's been pretty rough, to be honest. Yeah, and I think um, they've run yeah, into kind of some of those same teams the Flyers have been playing. You know what? And and the thing to remember too is, and for Detroit especially, because this is another. Um, Detroit's another one of those teams right now that I think didn't have a whole lot to do this month. Like the when this, the entire month yeah. of February was so much about making up what was not there. Like they had to throw in games that were, you know what I mean? Like throwing in the games that were rescheduled during like COVID outbreaks and things like that. So some teams just didn't get a lot of action. The Flyers being one. I mean, the Flyers had to actually rearrange their schedule, move the Detroit game up like a week and a half, move yep. the, the St. Louis game up a week. Just to kind of give it some balancing. I mean, they technically they were supposed to play tomorrow, right? But we talk about the Flyers having a rough schedule uh, recently since those Detroit games. <laughs> Detroit's played Minnesota, the Rangers, Colorado, and Toronto. Exactly, and the, and look and look at what they get next. Probably the two best teams in the league, and then two playoff teams with them in Minnesota and New York. Like it's crazy. Yeah, well, and looking and, forward, well, you're looking well, at Carolina, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Jesus Christ, good luck, Detroit. Well, they and they they beat the Rangers for what it's worth. They actually won. Sure, but I mean, and then everything else. But look at some of these wild games. They've been like, no pun intended, because one of them was against <laughs> Minnesota. But look at some of these games: seven four with. Five goals scored in the third period. Were they leading that game, by the way? No, they weren't. They got it back to one late. Okay. Columbus has a chance to really kind of put themselves Columbus in the race here on. because they're playing. They have four games this week. Pittsburgh, the New Jersey Devils, the Kings, and the Boston Bruins. All four games in the comfort of Columbus, by the way. Well, start to circle for Columbus specifically, and I'm looking at their schedule right now. Start to circle the games against Boston and Washington. Boston huge, in particular. Huge games. They've because for Boston, they got three games left with Boston. Wow. So there's that's a lot of swing. Right. So there's six points that could go either direction here. Yep. I, and obviously the last thing you want to do in those games is see overtime because you don't want both teams Mm-mm. to benefit. 
but you have the potential here. And this is, you know what? Like that makes me think of where the Flyers were two years ago. Like when, when before COVID hit, like, and they were coming down the stretch, they're playing the Rangers twice in a row and Columbus twice in a row. And this is before we knew home and homes were coming in right. the shortened year and all that stuff like that. The fact that like you go into those games and you're sitting here going, take care of business against them and you're going to put them in the rear view mirror. You're going to be done. Like, and you're going to clear them. This is not the same thing because you know, it like they're behind them. So you have to get the points. It's not the same thing as being in front and saying, but if you can get two clean points over them, it does a lot of good for you. Absolutely. And I'm trying to see if they have any other games left against Washington on top of the one I'm seeing. I think they just have the one Boston. They play three times, man. Is that game against Washington soon? Yes, it's um, one that nobody here is going to be paying any attention to. Okay. Because it's March 17th. Oh, fair enough. You're right. Correct. Um, no, I just – I am I think if you're Columbus, you're hoping to play hoping to play Washington this week, next week, before they figure it out because – Well, and here's, here's something – but here's something to think about coming down the stretch with Boston in particular because Boston's going to be – Boston's easier the two for them to catch because you got the head-to-head that works in your favor. Right. Well, I'm just going. When I'm just going come, with Washington based on the last no, I know. 15 no, games. Oh no, I know. But I'm saying when you come out of post deadline, which means that there's certain teams that are going to get weaker as much as they're going to get as much as others could get stronger. Right. They have a week that starts with a home and home against the Islanders, who, <sighs> by all indications, are going to sell a couple pieces. Yep. Then you have a home and home. The, the actually the other way around. So the away game is going to be first, and they're coming back home to play Boston twice. Is that There's, an away and away? <laughs> no, it's away and then home. So it's like they have home, away, away, home. I, I got you. Well, I, look, the schedule's weird. I know. Because there's another home and home after this. So they play Boston twice over the course of that particular particular weekend. By that point, there are four weeks left in the season or under at that point. Like the Friday night is four weeks to go. Whew. They play Boston on the road on Saturday and then Boston at home on Monday. Some big games the, there. Well, and then get this. The very next night, they start another home-and-home. They go on the road and then come back home with another team, and it just happens to be the Flyers. Okay. Well, that's, Which, there's no, an easy four points for you. There you go, Columbus. You, you would think. You would think. And then to top it all off after that, Detroit on the road, Montreal at home. Like, there's a stretch of eight there where there's the two, some winnable games. The two, well, but the, it's not even winnable. The two most important are the two against Boston that can literally swing the race. Yep. And then you've got six games surrounding it where points could be up for grabs the way if you can stay relatively hot. Yep, and you can pick up theoretically a lot of points there. Especially when you consider that they're going to close out the season with Edmonton, a home and home against Tampa and Pittsburgh. Sure, but hey, all saying, right. Like, you need to kind of lay some groundwork and get there. Speaking of picking up points, let's get back to the Flyers actually picking up you know, two points for the first time in quite a while. Um, yeah, cause, okay, so I think the point was I was starting to talk about Washington because yeah. I've seen them twice. Washington did everything they could to lose a week ago, if, if we're being honest. Sure here. did. It was not a very good game at all. That, that team tried really hard to give that away. Well, and then this time, they it's not that they gave it away by any stretch. I don't think they – like, they didn't give this game away. They didn't really show up no, in this was a, period. No, they didn't. I mean, that, that was an awful showing in the first period, and I don't know what the case was at all here, but it just was not good at all. And for me, this is at least out of the East. I can't speak for the West because I haven't seen many of the West teams in person to see an example of this. But if I go and look at the other seven teams, 
that are in the playoff picture in the East right now. Florida's looking really good. Yep. Tampa's looking really good. Toronto had a really look. Toronto had an interesting game on Saturday, as we touched on. I mean, a 10-7 final is pretty rare. That's crazy. Uh, also, by the way, right now, uh, February 27th, who's your pick to win the Atlantic out of those three teams? Because I imagine it's going to be one of those three teams. I really think Florida. You think honest. Florida's going to keep it? Okay. Yeah, because t- Tampa had a like Tampa had a good, probably a classic game in the stadium series on Saturday. Like their typical kind of game, the power play does a lot of the heavy lifting to For get them sure. in a position to win. To win. The, the even the only even strength goal of the game, which was by Steven Stamkos, was to an extent a classic Stamkos power play style goal. The one timer from it just happened to be five on five. It did, and it was off of like a kind of a I want to say a broken play, but there was a lot of space because there was a, I think either a turnover or a good. It was actually a good a good keep at the blue line that opened up some space, and they were able to just cycle it over quickly. Okay. And, and get it to the right spot, but it was the same one time, and it didn't like one time where it doesn't even get off the ice, just slid right in by the pad of UC Soros, and that was it. So, you know, and 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 by that point, there was eight minutes left in a three-one game, and Nashville didn't come like they got it back to within one, but they didn't come really close when they got the net empty and all that stuff. So it didn't right. work out as like it wasn't. It was a good. It was a really good game. It was, but I feel like Tampa is going to have some games down the stretch if they play top teams. That it, it's going to give them a run for their money. Man, Tampa Toronto is a hell of a first round series, huh? And, and well, and listen, I don't. I also Man. don't. Want, I, the thing about the picking a division winner in the Atlantic right now is I can't speak for what's going to happen in the next three weeks to see what they become. All, That's like, fair. Like if Tampa makes one really savvy trade deadline acquisition. It could be a game changer for them in terms of the division. I mean, they're one for point sure. out. They're one point off of the division lead, and they have two games in hand on Florida. So it's not like it's unlikely that they get the division lead at some point. I just think the Florida, like Florida's actually had a rough stretch right now. Like they had, like they played Nashville earlier in, earlier in the week, right? And, and even had a, not, I, I don't want to say had a win. They didn't, but like they were constantly going ahead in the game. I think they led three one and four three at one point or whatever, and just couldn't put them away. Like Nashville gave them a run for their money. And I don't think that that's like, I think those are the games in February that you don't feel as bad about. Like you don't want to give up the points, but you right. go, all right, learn from it. Like it was, you know, it, it's February. This wasn't game four and a two, one series deficit that we just gave away. Right. It's, you know, it's February. Let's be, you know, level headed about this. No, don't overreact, come back better the next game. And I think they did for all, you know, for what it matters like or well they no they lost to Edmonton yesterday so didn't they beat somebody else earlier in the week no they lost to Columbus too so see, that's what I'm saying they're in a little bit of a stretch right that's three regulation losses this week so they were leading that division pretty handily I would imagine because Tampa's won a, at least one maybe two yeah the question's a lot more interesting today than it would have been if I had posed it to you last week right but I still think Florida gets it together like there's just too many good players on that team already like Huberto's quite possibly in a heart trophy candidate. Barkov's been outstanding. They're getting like, you see what the, what a difference Ekblad makes because they lost him for the playoffs. Yep. Like he makes such a difference and it's going to be huge for them. They're a wagon. Yeah. They, and, and they're, and who's to say they're not done. Like yep. they could add, and that's the scary part. So, and don't forget Radko Gudis. <laughs> I thought you were going to sit there and say something a little bit more. You know, I thought you were going to say like Anthony Duclair or Sam Bennett or like somebody who I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of egregiously, probably. But they're both having fantastic seasons. Um, Oh, no, I think a lot of players on that team are having outstanding seasons. I mean, they're just including their goaltenders. Oh, yeah. They're just a really good unit. Yep. 
that's a team right there. And that's a tough team to take out. They're going to drag every other team into deep waters. You're not getting them out of there early. You're going at least six games with the Florida Panthers if you're getting them out of there. So, so am I touching on Toronto as well since we're going down this list? Or what? Yeah. Well, no, because, okay, first of all, did you, the only way I can describe this is by asking you if you saw, and I only saw the highlight reel. I didn't see the whole thing. But that Steve Dangle did a watch the Leafs with me. I also saw the highlight reel, like the third period highlight reel. And they had that highlight reel out within about 15 minutes of the game ending. Um, well, because I would imagine that that was producer Drew over at Sportsnet, and he does an excellent job at pretty much everything. And so, I'm willing to bet that he had that. He was he. He figured out what was happening when Tampa scored about the 7-4, or when Detroit scored the 7-4 goal, and I think he just started writing down timestamps, because he already knew. He's like, all right, this is going to be a great video. So, I, I don't know what part was funnier to me. First of all, the funny part was, like, as it gets to, I think it was when it was 7-5, he acknowledges that... Just get ready. You're never going to live this one down either. This is the next one. Like 7-4 made him nervous. 7-5 made him panic. Without saying the actual words, and ironically enough, something like we're in the same freaking week of it. Like it was on social earlier this week. Right. Telling you the anniversary of it. He was basically without saying the actual words going, get ready. Here comes the next Zamboni driver. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And... Um, the funny part was like uh, this, all I can think about now, like after watching this, I go, this team's 34, 14 and four this year. That's really good. Yep. Why does it not feel really good? Like, because it's Toronto. Like it literally has, it's just Toronto. So I can't really go there. Like everything they're doing right now, no matter what you want to say, look, look at it and how you got to win in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not going to matter until they get into the playoffs. and Or not get in. They're going to get in. It's, they can't do but, anything about anybody's anxiety until April. Well, and then here's the thing. Good luck with that. When yep. it's going to be more than Murderers. likely. No, but more than likely a road series against yep. either Tampa or Florida. Well, you say most likely, but they're right in the – like, I understand they're not there yet. And at the current moment, they're um, – so – Florida's played 53 games and has 75 points. Tampa's played 51 games, has 74 points. Toronto's played 52 games, has 72 points. So I just don't, I just don't see the others slowing down. Like that's the thing. Like, well, we saw Florida slow down a little bit this week. That could happen to yeah, Tampa too. Yeah, but the too. fact that they're hanging on to the spot that they are while it's happening, like, I that's don't fair. think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna let it get away from them. Not to mention the fact that. Yeah, the fact that there's 30 games left. I mean, Toronto has plenty of time to make up the gap. I'm not necessarily saying they will, but there's enough there's enough runway left that I think a, they can overcome a three point gap here. So, and one of the things for me, like, and we mentioned this on last week's show because it was kind of happening or it happened the night before. Maybe they've already acquired a defenseman, yep. so they've already kind of used some of their trade, some of their draft capital. capital. Yeah, like they don't have like I'm not saying that they won't be able to make another move if they really want to, but you've got two other teams that haven't done anything yet. Now we know Tampa is going to be probably the most cap strapped team of all three, right? And they've expended a lot of their draft capital over the last two years. But let's not act like Toronto doesn't push it. Yep, like they do. They do. They wheel and deal. Kyle Dubas is a trader. Well, not only that, but I I think my point also with that is, is that we know how much money goes into four players for Toronto like right you put a lot of 
you know, a lot of the cap percentage falls behind your main guys. And that's okay when Austin Matthews is at 37 goals on a season in 52 games, which I don't, he hasn't even played in all of them. Because I think he's missed a little bit of time this year. I so. think he missed a couple of games. Yeah. Right, but that's I, what I'm trying to get. But I'm trying to get it. If that means he's played in, like, I'll go look it up really quick. But you're talking what? Even if he's played 50, 37 goals in 50. Yeah, he's I mean, he's had that, an obscene season. That's freaking nature stuff, right? 49. So 49. even better. Wow. So he's gonna be like. He's like he'll get to fifty in maybe like a month. The Art Ross Trophy is fascinating this year. Yeah, it is. It really is fascinating. We have. I'm gonna pull this up. We have such a good Art Art Trophy Art Ross Trophy race this year. Austin Matthews first in the league, 37 goals. Leon Drysdale second in the league, 36 goals. Uh, Chris Kreider, Alex Ovechkin, Kyle Connor all have 30 plus. Kreider has 34, Ovi has 32, Kyle Connor has 30. Okay, so from you're the, looking you're looking at the Richard actually for this. Oh, I'm sorry, not the no, Art Ross, yeah, right? Well, no, because well, no, I I thought you were looking at the Art Ross for a second because of the fact that. Matthews, well, yeah, the scoring race is ridiculous well, I was too. Say, Matthews is in fourth at 68, and he's only six back of Drysaitel and seven back of McDavid and Huberto. Yeah, I think that's is, a big enough gap in that race that I'm willing to call that oh, a top I don't know, three. Though, if, I don't know because if you're pulling six goal nights, <laughs> if you're playing ten seven games, right? If you're playing games where you're scoring six seven goals, sometimes like that's fair. Like Edmonton's, like Edmonton's on a little bit of a roll right now, but they might just go back into the, you know. That's true. They could, they could always go right back into the bubble here. You um, know. Yeah. No, I was looking well, at the Art not, Ross. Not that, not that bubble, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, the Art Ross though is a fascinating race because even outside the top five, you got guys like Debrincat, Connor McDavid, Gabe Landeskog, David Pasternak. Uh, you get to a name like Troy Terry, tied for tenth place, twenty-seven goals. Like he's not going to win the thing, but. It's impressive what he's doing too. No, but look at some. I mean, look at some of the names that are starting to creep up into like the top ten for goal scoring. All of a sudden, yep. Pasternak's there. Oh no, David's there. Pasternak, I would expect though. Okay. Like Andrew Mangiapane. Right. Like there you go, Andrew Mangiapane. Honestly, and I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Chris Kreider's a surprise in the top three. He's had a really good year though. I I I understand. But this is completely out of nowhere. Someone go drug test that man. No, he's – you know what? It's because when, when you play on a power play with Panarin on one side, Zibanejad on the other, Adam Fox, and, I mean, I don't even care who the fifth guy is. Probably, it's probably Strom, but who cares? Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like no, You're right. He sit, he's net front, and he's collecting goals from JVR's office. He's <sighs> – Honestly, coming into this season, before he did what he's done, he was, to me, the most average, like, your most stereotypical NHL solid player. I thought, like, what, you were, I thought where you were going with it was, here's a guy who's made all-star games, but he's the most average all-star you've ever <laughs> Not even that. Like, he, he's the most generic 85 overall. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He's Make it a little, a, bit, a little bit of probably, an NHL reference. He's probably a little better than 85 overall. Well, yeah, they do dynamic roster updating. I'm sure he's up to a, you know, he's up pretty good right now. But 80, 87, 88. He probably deserves to be at 90 if he's got 34 goals at this point in the season, to be honest. But, yeah, um, we're not an NHL ratings podcast. Uh, but either way, like that's coming into this season, that's kind of who I pictured him as. Just the most generic NHL yeah. player. And I not guess. in a bad way. 
Um, it's just weird to see him break out and like, like you mentioned, like he's probably going to get to fifty. Right. So, all right, we're going off on a tangent again. So I'm going to yeah, try to bring it back. We absolutely are. So I'm I'm review like in reviewing the Atlantic, you don't look at a team like that. And maybe Toronto is the exception in the Atlantic, I guess. But I go to the teams in the Metro: Carolina, really good; Pittsburgh, really good; Rangers. They, you know, they have their moments on occasion because they're young, but they're really good. Yeah. I Washington is the weakest playoff team in the East right now in terms of that is the team that now that I've watched them twice in person, watched them nearly lose to the Flyers the way that they have. And I go, you're a one and done. Is the you, problem you, Ilya Samsonov? No, I don't think it is. Okay. Because to be honest. Because I know he's been criticized pretty heavily. He's not the reason they lost that game yesterday. No, he's absolutely not. not. He played spectacular hockey yesterday. But I know that he's been under some criticism recently. He might want the first one back 11 seconds into the game. Yep. Because that's, you know, rough stuff. And to be honest, this doesn't mean this is his fault. But even the Atkinson goal, he gets a piece of it going up, and it actually goes off his shoulder, and then hits the bar and goes in. Yeah. So it was a That's really a tough fluke. one. It's and, and and a lot of stuff about that goal was tough. It was really fluky, to be honest. But uh, nonetheless, he wasn't the problem. No. I don't think. I mean, I think their goaltending's a question for the playoffs, but I don't think that he's the problem. And uh, you think they go get Mark Andre Fleury? Wow. Um, Man, think about that. Not if they still have Vanacek, but but Vanacek is a name that's being brought up as a deadline possibility. Oh, what here. if what if he goes the other way? Sure, Chicago Chicago would be interested in adding him. I don't know. I don't know if Chicago is interested in going that far with it. I don't. I really don't know. Okay. I mean, Vanacek to me is gonna is another guy who goes to a team that might even be borderline playoffs. Oh really? Like, like I like Chicago doesn't scream that obviously. So no, I'm no. saying. Like probably a team out west. Um, just looking at the standings, unless it's Detroit. Well, I can't see it being Detroit either. Uh, I, Dallas could probably use some goalie I help. Mean, do you want you want the obvious answer? Vanacek's okay. the type of guy who goes to Edmonton. Yeah, you know what? Edmonton needs the help. I, I think that would make a lot. And of I sense. don't. And I don't think that like there's nothing that says that's going to happen. But like Edmonton definitely wants a goalie. And yep. You know, you can they do a, lot, a goalie. You can do a lot worse than the way that Vanacek's played lately. It doesn't mean. I mean, listen, he could go to Edmonton and be awful. Vanacek's been around long enough at this point that I'm willing to call him. A, he is what he is, and he's been very solid. He has, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the way you put it. He is what he is. Yeah, like Samsonov's the one who's got the room for growth, the star potential. Right. So that's why you're going to keep him. You're going to yep. build around him. So if you want to put blame on Samsonov, be my guest. Some of those games weren't his fault, and even the game they won, because he started that one as well, because Vanacek's kind of been on the shelf. Even the game they won last Thursday, I don't know what he's supposed to do about some of those goals. Right. Like, the, like Jerry Mayhew's second, like, Mayhew's first goal was a cross-ice pass on a power play, so it's, you know, it's 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 the Ovechkin backdoor play, if you will, just in closer. Right. Um, and then Mayhew's third goal or second goal, the third goal of the game for the Flyers was a rebound. Yep. Just a big rebound. A set, not, I don't want to say a set play, but Sandheim drives a net, which makes you have to stand your ground as a goalie. Right. And he leaves a rebound. And Mayhew was there first. That's all there was to it. There wasn't any real reason. Nothing Sam like, could like, there's do. There's nothing he can do to stop no. that. So. No, the me, Capitals were pretty poor defensively in that game. 
Well, and they're dealing with some stuff because, like, uh, you know, like Justin Schultz couldn't play yesterday. And, you know, Michael Kempney's kind of finding his way back. He's getting better, but he's clearly the impact of being out for so long still is having an effect. I mean, and look, their third their third pairing right now, I believe, was Kempney with Trevor Van Riemsdyk, which I'm, it's not it's not a heavy liability. Like, there's worse that you you can like obviously look at what we watch on a nightly basis. But fair enough, you know, you can do worse, but it's not the ideal lineup that they would be playing. Right, and that's something to consider. I mean, there there were guys there were guys in general who I just don't think have their best games over a stretch. Like, you know, the Flyers did this a couple years ago when they had a pretty darn good run against Washington, I think they won three games or two games against Washington and lost one in a shootout. Like, I think that was it. Or maybe they did play all four and they went three Oh and one or something crazy like that. And right. I think didn't the, like didn't during the entire season series, they didn't allow a point to Ovechkin or a goal or something, something like that. I remember it was absurd. Well, he's played three games against him this year and does not have a point. Surprisingly have the Flyers solved Alexander Ovechkin. No, I just think that every time they've played him, they've caught him in a bad spot. Absolutely. For whatever reason. Like, well, I shouldn't say that because when they played him the first time around in November, Ovechkin didn't even take any shots really in the first two periods. I think he had one. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the game, had eight, I think. Yeah. So, like, in the final 10 minutes, he was just a shooting gallery and they just couldn't beat Martin Jones that night. Right. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you what it was last week because when they played him here last Thursday, it was not the top guys doing all the contributing here i mean i'm watching a guy like joe snively who is 11 games into his career looking more dangerous at times right you know, like he had he's a, there he, he's there jerry mayhew he had a he had a play yesterday that even jim jackson thought it was a goal yep and carter hart made the save which by the way carter hart did not play early in the week dealing with an eye infection Right. So. Good to see him back. And well, back and he also now. played excellent hockey on Saturday. Well, th- this is what's going to always be the case, right? Like if you're going to watch anything, whenever they win a game for the rest of the year, it might as well be, you know, Carter, Carter Hart, Hart, Hart won the game. a lot of good stuff. Yeah. That award they give out at the end of the season, you know, the, the last home game of the season, they do all the pregame awards. There's always the award for uh, stars of the game. Carter Hart's going to win that. Um, he might. I don't. I don't even know. To be honest, I haven't even kept track of what it. Because because the games that the Flyers win, it's going to be Carter Hart. I mean, for him specifically, because you got to remember something too. He didn't play in the Washington game. He was still backing up. He couldn't even dress for the two earlier this week. Right. So as a result of that, um, he's not even involved with it. So his last game was Pittsburgh. Right. Which was the four-two lead? You're playing really well. You're in a position to win the game, and it totally just slips away. And next thing you know, you end up with a night as a goalie, where you allowed five goals and made 29 saves, and it doesn't look as good as it did eight minutes ago. Right. You know, like it, it just changes the dynamic of it. And to see him get a 27 out of 28, you know, to win a game, like those are the things that are going to be really important for his confidence moving forward. And he still, I don't feel like he's had a moment yet this year, like last year where it was, you know, oh, the confidence is completely shattered. But like Mike Yo said this at one point in time, it's hard for anybody to maintain your confidence completely when you just can't seem to find a way to win. And Yo looked like to me anyway, the type of coach right now who, you know, when they were in the middle of the losing streak the previous time and they won a pair of games, they won back-to-back games and then started losing again. 
he looked like coming toward the end of that one, like I don't even know what where to begin with this. Like there's it's not even to say there's no explanation for it. It's just a we can't seem to put it together for 60 minutes period to get into a position to win a game like we should be getting closer it right. feels like we're doing some things better but we really let the games get away from us this losing streak was the games aren't getting away from us we're there right i don't know why we can't like and, and i don't know why but like he's sitting here going we just got to find a way to finish one of these things like we're there we just got to finish it right and, and and in certain cases and somebody even i, I remember here like in the we, we were even talking like this was coming up in the press box yesterday if they find a way to lose that game and it goes to seven. Oof. This would have been the tough. This would have been one a tough to one. Yeah. Out of any of them, even tougher than the previous one, because for the most part, you're sitting here playing a team like Washington, who you know whether they're playing down to you or not doesn't matter. The bottom line is you're in that game completely. You are doing everything in your power to shut them down. Down to like you had a great first period, really. I mean, and I turn around and, I, and like. Look, I, I've been maybe maybe just call it me being you know scarred from watching so many games to know that it's never a good idea to assume anything based on the first period. But I did tweet at one point in time, hey, you know what? It's a solid start for the Flyers. It's a sleepy start for the Capitals, but there's a lot of time left. Yep. And you know what? I actually appreciated Mike Yo after the game saying we probably didn't attack enough. We probably held on a little too much at the end, and we're you know. But but they did do certain things defensively, like they did challenge defensively yes. further up the ice. Yeah, just make a difference. Like you're challenging at the blue line, you're challenging in the neutral zone, you're making it harder for them to even gain entry. Which is that part was of the, the thing I noticed. Which is part of the equation. Like you have to do that. You can't just assume that you know that you're going to be able to hold on that way. And they blocked a lot of shots down the stretch. Travis Sanheim got a stick on what looked like a sure goal for. Evgeny Kuznetsov at the end. Yep. I mean, th- th- it was there. We all were sitting there going, here it comes, tying goal right here. 100%. And, and we're going overtime. And 100%. And yep. it didn't get there. It didn't make it. It, it was a great play. As and, the pass was traveling across the ice, I'm going, oh, Flyers losing the shootout. Cool. <laughs> well, speaking of which, by the way, because I mentioned the Flyers are leading the league with 10 overtime losses Ugh. or whatever. It's the only reason they are where they are because technically, and this would be even better if they would have lost the game to say this because it would have just made it worse. How many teams do you think have fewer wins than the Flyers this season? Wins. In the league? Yeah, not points. Wins. Okay. So, Arizona. Okay. Montreal. Okay. So far, you're right. I think that might be the end of the list. You are correct. Okay. There so are it's just those two teams. There are two teams that are now tied with them that, as of yesterday, were ahead. Okay. So Buffalo and Seattle, yes, an expansion team that we all acknowledge was not that good. A Dave Haxtall coached expansion team, mind you. Right now, there they are. <laughs> oh, by the way, apparently fans there do not like him and oh, want really? him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know what he is, right? He, you you know that he's no, he, you know he's the first in in line, and there will be somebody when they're ready to win. Oh yeah, he's the 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 sacrificial lamb. Um, they're so they're five points behind the Flyers now with two extra games played. So the Flyers have two games in hand on them. So it's not looking so good for like where Seattle is because Seattle's down to like Seattle might have one, at least 
close to the most games played in the NHL this season. Yeah, I know they've played a, a pretty beefy schedule so far. Yeah, they're tied. The, the, the 54 is the max so far. Yeah, because there are some crazy examples where, like, if um, if Seattle trades a player to, like, Minnesota, for example, uh, that player could end up playing, oh, like, we, 87 or 88 games, and it's we've, it's crazy. We've already talked about this in the press box, about how we're wondering if who's going to get Somebody could play crazy. 90. Right. Who's going to get this crazy record where they've already played so many games? Because That'd be cool, well, man. Well, man if, I'm a, if I'm a member of the Seattle Kraken, I'm asking for a trade to Minnesota so I can be the guy who has that record because that's pretty cool. Like, if you haven't missed a game yet this season, come on. It'd be pretty funny. Um, so, I think we're going to say it. So either way, um, there are, so the Flyers are in points anyway, ahead of New Jersey, Buffalo, Seattle, Montreal, and Arizona. And up until they actually won a game because – yeah, you know me. I've come on this show multiple times in the last few weeks and told you I was. They were looking another ten game losing streak in the face. Oh yeah. You know, basically, the one team that I thought was and and it, it makes Chicago even, right, and it makes even more sense today because if they've given Washington a run for their money twice and now defeated Washington, I, I, they, they can beat Chicago. This team probably should beat Chicago at this point with how they're playing right now. Right. So those are the teams that are. So obviously, Chicago five one bet it. <laughs> Speaking of which, a game that's in less than a week now, so yeah, coming, coming to Philly. Yep, and, and see, I'll appreciate that one too. That's a three o'clock start, so I'll appreciate that just as there much. you go. Um, so those are the teams behind them, and, and for what it's worth, the Devils are one point behind the Flyers, and Buffalo's two. Okay, I don't believe uh, Buffalo. There's a home and home against the Flyers later this season, like later in April. So. If that's the margin consistently, those games will hold meaning for draft lottery purposes. Um, Absolutely. New Jersey, I don't believe there's any more head-to-heads. I think they took care of all of that early in the year. Yeah, they cleared but, them out super-duper early, if I recall. But New Jersey just had a game of their own that was just like what the Flyers just did to Washington. Not, not nearly as close as what the Flyers had against Washington. But they went out and demolished Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which... No, but by all standards, I mean the Devils were finding ways to lose games as well. Right. I mean, down to down to, I believe, didn't they lose to Chicago in a game that they were up two to one, and then it was something like that. It was it tied was... At, at intermission <sighs> and the third period, another wild one because it finished eight to five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That game was crazy too. So you got a game like that, which is just totally nuts. Okay, it's wasn't been a weird it, I'm week sorry. For... I'm sorry. It was four three at the end of the second, but oh, it got to the halfway point of regulation, and it was a two two game. So Chicago scored twice, and Jersey scored once before the second period was over, and then in the third period, Chicago scored four, and New Jersey scored two. And I think the, even the craziest headline of Saturday: over ten seven Detroit, uh, color or uh, Toronto. Uh, over, you know, Blackhawks 8-5 over the Devils. Craziest story is Coyotes 3-1 over Vegas? Question mark? Okay, so I want to point this out because these are teams... Again, the Flyers going into Saturday had 15 wins. They now have 16, okay? Oh, I see. Vegas had 44 shots on goal. Never mind. I answered my own question. Montreal, Montreal has 13 wins now and Arizona has 14. The gap is getting closer. It it's crazy, and Montreal's won a bunch of games since uh, 
Montreal Martin St. Louis right now. Montreal yeah. by okay, so I need to point this out because I, I said this as somebody had asked because somebody asked what the Flyers' longest winning streak was this year, which the answer is three. Three, right? Okay, so I want you to try. I think because now I think it's even better than this, because um, obviously we were. This, this is a discussion that we're having at like one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, which is before the Montreal Canadiens played, because now the Montreal Canadiens have won five in a row. Yep. So, yes, the worst team in the league as of, like, a week ago, who now has pulled ahead of Arizona again because the bar was set kind of low, um, has a longer winning streak by two games than the Flyers do this year. Significantly longer. 60% longer. And, for what it's worth, they play Winnipeg next, which Winnipeg hasn't been great. And then we'll see what happens when they have to play, like, Calgary, Edmonton, etc., but right after playing Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, Philly, Arizona, Dallas, Ottawa, they're going to win a few games if they keep yep. having confidence. Absolutely. Right up to the deadline. Well, good. That's good for them because they'll get to pump some player values and, you know, get some well, goals scored well, for Ben Sherratt. And... Well, and for what it's worth, since you brought up Arizona, and I don't want to totally stray from that point. Yeah. Arizona had previously, they beat Dallas on sun last Sunday. And they were in a position, they were leading L.A., I think, 2-1 to one in the third period. It got tied, and they gave up the lead with three minutes left. Right. So they were that close to at least overtime and a point, and they let it, it slipped away. So I kind of feel like when they played, even when they played a team as talented as Vegas, and Vegas apparently, by the way, um, obviously Vegas has no Mark Stone right now. They lost Pacioretty during that game. I believe Marcia so didn't play. Like, they were hurting in right. that game against Montreal or against Arizona. Sorry. So like, don't be surprised here by so certain things with that because you know, Arizona, the one thing about Arizona to me, and maybe this is why like for the flyers, it was a little bit different to watch the flyers this year when they're on some of those losing streaks. And it feels like, uh, like it doesn't feel like they're doing anything. You know what I mean? Like Arizona is always playing hard. Yeah. They are always trying as hard as they possibly can to win. They're just not good enough to win a lot of the time. But right. they're trying really hard. Yeah. And, you know, you can say the same for Montreal right now. Yeah. Mo Montreal's giving you a really good, honest effort and good luck because it's making them tough to play. Like, I, well, I, chalked, I chalked that game that the Flyers have against Montreal next month or this upcoming month because it's pretty much March at this point. Yeah. Um. I chalk that game up as a oh they'll probably win that one because Montreal might be the one team. Not in, so much. In, right. Well, at the be like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Especially, yeah. Especially at the at the time of the coaching change, honestly, right. because at the time of the coaching change, you're sitting there going, <sighs> things were bad. It's not just that they're bad. You're going, they're really playing a wild card here with what they're doing from a coaching standpoint. Yes. Like, this wasn't as simple as well. We're we're gonna remove the current coach and we're gonna let Luke Richardson ride it out for the rest of the year right. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like this was. We're grabbing somebody who's never coached before and saying he's the guy. Yep. And it's bold. So it was very bold. And and it, it it was one of these things that the conversation was it better not backfire. Because if it backfires, no one's gonna trust the new new GM Kent Hughes. No one's gonna trust this guy if this coaching move does not pay off in some way, shape, or form. So far, it's working. It does not mean that it's going to work continuously. Like, this is a good two-week stretch, and I'm sure that everybody who's a veteran on that Montreal team 
has gotten a kick in the pants a little bit here. Did you but... see did you see the headline after Martin St. Louis won his first game? No, I did not. Okay. So he got his first win against the St. Louis Blues. Okay. And it was formatted kind of funny because it was St. Louis gets first win. Canadians beat Blues 4-3 or whatever it was. Right, but it looks like St. Louis gets first win. (laughs) Right. Uh, And it was just very funny. Um, So I didn't realize his first win came against the Blues, by the way. Yeah. Uh, So we talk about – They played a lot in the last two weeks, to be honest. Yeah. And we talk about Arizona and Montreal um, showing up and kind of giving effort and being there every night. And – that's been mostly the case for the Flyers, too. but Lately. Like, right. And we talked about that. And I think the biggest reason they came up on the the shorter end of that stick in these recent games, when they have actually been playing a little better, is, quite frankly, the roster wasn't quite up to snuff. And part of the reason for that was that players were injured. And uh, on Saturday, this is something we've touched on a little bit earlier in the show, Saturday we got some returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I'm going to talk about the player I care about more. Uh, Joel Farabee's back. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I love me some Joel Farabee. So I missed most of the first period because I was at work. But, man, the notification that he got an assist 11 seconds into being back, uh, it just warms my heart. It it just makes me so happy. And to see to see him assist on a clawed goal is just – it's even better. Uh so, Kevin, didn't somebody else come back? Derek Broussard, right? Yeah, Derek Broussard didn't. Here's the thing. Derek Broussard is back in the lineup for one reason and one reason only. Pump the trade value, baby. Exactly. Um, there's no reason behind it otherwise. Um, they did. I mean, and I touched on the other one already because Carter Hart technically returned on Saturday. He missed all of two games. It wasn't a big deal. but like, Fair enough. But it was a big deal because the fact that basically – Martin Jones got thrown into action very last minute on Monday because it, it down to it was announced on Sunday afternoon that Carter Hart was starting on right. Monday and Monday morning all of a sudden it's like 1230 in the afternoon it's hey where's uh, Carter it, no it's uh Carter's got an eye infection so he's not even playing Ustamenko's up right to back, to back up Jones is in and Jones has to go and play that game and then the next night for what I w- will assume was a scheduled start for Jones anyway Right, he goes back in and has to play St. Louis and does a really good job because he only yeah. allows two goals. It's a it's a game that looks really bad by the final score, but there were two empty netters in there, right. so he has a really strong game. For sure, I'll be honest. I live too close to St. Louis, and that was blacked out on ESPN Plus for me. Oh, not good. Yeah. So if you know a link, you can send us send it to us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. I'll I'll, we'll, I'll talk to you later about that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not. It's not usually a problem, but I appreciate it. No, I know. Um, yeah. So I don't. I think like that was an interesting thing. So he comes back. So Hart comes back too. So I want to talk about a little bit of well, and another another piece also was. I mean, um, I think what was it? Rasmus Ristolainen came back on Monday, which was a big deal too. Because I mean, yep. let's put it this way: another guy that's pumping some trade value. Uh, do you think? Because if I'm in, if I'm sitting in the Flyers front office after watching the game on Saturday, I'm sending that tape to every team that wants him. Every team that's heading towards the playoffs, you just CC that to sixteen uh, GMs. You know, take, taking out Joe Snively before team scores a goal. Yes. To start a rush the other way and getting an assist on it, no less. Yep. 
probably a pretty good way to boost your value. Like, Absolutely. hey, this is really what I can do. No, I mean, there's because there have been some things like I don't know if you saw this or not. I'll so I'll throw it out here and I'll obviously credit where where I saw it because it was it, well saw slash heard it because I it, they both they did it on both of their platforms to do this. So Crossing Broad had it. Anthony Sanfilippo wrote it in an article about how there was like to his knowledge anyway. Yep. He's got a source that says they made an offer to Rasmus Ristolainen to resign. Yeah, I've I've heard about this and this is um... it was supposedly a okay. Yeah. I, in writing, he said six years, $38 million right. was the total contract. On their podcast, Snow the Goalie, it was more of a six years, and he gave an AAV, not an overall total. Okay. So the AAV was kind of like the the AAV was basically the Ryan Ellis contract. It was basically a 62563. Well, and that's about, I believe that's what $38 million adds up to. Um, so I, I think close. that math it's checks close. out. It's close because yeah. 30, 36 mil is, is six even. Yeah, I think the math checks out on that, that 38 well, over I was, six that, years. That's why I was a little bit confused because yeah. I'm like, it might be, that might be 6-2. I feel like 6-2-5 or 6-3 is probably. Uh, and but at, it, like, at that point, it's overall, the same number. Basically, no, because so. no, I think it would be like a million more, honestly, for the, like, if, if you go up like another hundred thousand, it's almost, you know, it's almost half a million more. It could I actually. Guess. It could shift it around a little bit. Either way. Either way, six years, no thank you. The term is a problem. Yeah. The term is a little bit of a rough. <laughs> the AAV ain't great either. No, but like, okay, so I listened to their latest episode too, and he, and let's put it this way. I'm sure by now, the, the, the regular three on Snow the Goalie are Anthony Sanfilippo, Russ Joy, and Chris Terrian. Terrian was not on this particular episode. He had something he's working on, apparently, uh, that's coming out in the near future. But Good for him. But Russ, but Russ kind of lost his mind at that number also, that, a, that AAV. And, and, yeah. and Anthony was kind of telling him, and I'm going to kind of level with this a little bit. I know. I agree. I, know. I agree. That six, here's the thing. I think I agree that 625 feels a little high for this team in this moment. Oh, yeah, certainly. But, certainly. But, certainly, for a certainly. Middle, but for a middle pairing top four defenseman who's a right-handed shot, which is a commodity, who also is physical. And is massive, right. Who also plays and could play in both situations in theory. Yeah, six mil is probably about the benchmark. He's already making five point four, and he's gonna want a little bit more. But here's the thing. By the way, the report said he turned it down. Right. So let's take let's take this with a grain of salt. But here's the thing, though. He's not. I'm oversimplifying here, but he's not very good. <laughs> But he's not bad either. I know he's not. But you like, don't get you shouldn't get paid six million dollars for not being bad. Okay, so here hang on, and here's the reason why that here's the reason why he won't sign this, and here's the reason why everything else. Somebody'll pay him seven and a half. I know. No, it's not that. The reason he's not agreeing to this deal right now, which is basically everything he's asking for and probably then some, is because he wants to play in the playoffs. Fair enough. He feels like his game is and built for the playoffs. And we have heard that report. He feels like his game is built for the playoffs. Like, and we all know he's had this. zero the, career playoff no, games. But we all know this: the first game of the playoffs, the intensity and the physicality turns up to eleven. Oh, rules out the rule book. Right, like everything. They pretend changes. to call stuff for the first ten minutes of game one, but after that, it's it's straight prison rules. Kind of, but like my point being, so he feels like he's built for that, and there's two schools of thought to what happens here. He either goes to a team that he ends up liking and wants to stay there, because okay, there there are 
they're a perennial playoff contender. They're always right. there. So I'm and I, I'm not throwing out this as the actual team, but let's let's pick a team. Here's a team that I'll give because only because of the fact that they now have an opening for a defenseman. Not right. him, but not him per se. But they have an opening. He and, goes to Carolina because Carolina keep, just lost Tony D'Angelo for a month. And keep in mind, by the way, that the Flyers can eat. And I know you know this, but the Flyers can eat half the salary pretty easily and get that number right. down to a very, very reasonable number, for even year, for a yes. top tier playoff team. Right for the rest of the year, absolutely. And, and the Flyers can easily accept a medium, con- you know, an expiring contract back if it's needed to make the money work. Right. So his so his theory is that either a he can go to a team where he's already on a perennial playoff. Carolina player. would be absurd. I don't see how Carolina would keep him after the fact. Though. I don't think they could, but. My God, they'd be a wagon this playoffs. Not unless you're getting rid of somebody else, like you know, like they're like. At, well, at they the, just at, wouldn't. At, well, at the end of the year, I mean. Oh no, yeah, and that's fair. And they're probably not going to do that for Rasmus Ristolainen, and they care too much right. about analytics in Carolina. All right, so that well, let's, then so <laughs> let's be real. Sure, but so so let's pull back on that then. So Ristolainen doesn't or goes to a different team, plays at the playoffs, but uses the playoffs to do what he want, what he intends to do, or what he thinks the playoffs right. will do which is maximize his game and show what kind of player he can be in the playoffs. But why would he come back here after that? It's not that he'd come back here. He right. thinks that that could maximize his value even more. As oh, in, it absolutely would. Now will. I'm not worth 6.25 or 6.3. Now I'm worth 8. Now I'm, well, I'd say 7. Fair enough. Like, worth that extra 750000 maybe an extra million, maybe if a 7.25. I was going to say, if he if he goes, if he's on a team that makes the conference finals or better and he scores some greasy goals... Man, you, all you have to do is score one overtime game winner in a city, and that city will give you a contract. But I think, like, I, I, I'm wondering, or at least I think this, this might be, like, that could be the Flyers' best offer already. Like, here it is. You, you want to be a $6 million defenseman, kind of. Like, I don't think anybody goes in there. Like, they have everybody has a number in their head based on what they think they're worth, but I don't think anybody sure. goes in there and goes, like, I need to be labeled as this much money. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're a true stu- superstar. But, like, either way, I feel like that could be their best offer, potentially. Like, hey, listen, well, I mean, they'll, they might play with this. They might not. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I I would, I didn't think it was so likely he was going to get traded at, okay. at, the, at the deadline. I kind of thought this was going to be. Try to keep him for the aggressive retool. Well, yeah, but, like, because well, they'd like to. That I already know, but it's right. not. That's not what I'm thinking. Like my thought was is that they would keep him for the rest of the year and then try to negotiate in the offseason with a like, hey, listen, let's see where let's see how this works for both sides well. And if not, then it just became a really expensive one year deal, which is kind of unfortunate. Right. Uh, now the idea is that this is going to be kind of like the Scott Lawton situation a year ago. And I don't want to say that it as um like I don't want to say that as in that they're actively not actively working on a deal, but I don't want to say that as in like they're the same player or that it's the same situation because Lawton had a lot of history here, obviously. Right. So there was much a much greater desire to keep the guy around because of that. Absolutely. Um, this is not really the same thing. Oh, if Scott Lawton goes, I'll be bummed. Like no, no, no. I, I will understand it from a hockey perspective, but just from a personal, like I like Scott Lawton a lot. I, I look, I don't I don't want to tell you that anybody is in particular is completely safe, but I feel like Lawton's one of the safer guys on the team. That's how I, I'll phrase it. I loved I loved I've talked a lot on this show about the fact that I played the hell out of NHL fourteen. I love developing Scott Lawton in that game. <laughs> um 
All right. So anyway, back to where I was at with Sorry. this for a minute. Because, well, because it's compared to that deal. So I understand why yeah. we're talking about Lawton. So um, you get – what's basically going to happen is, is that it would come down to the wire, and if they could work out a deal even on deadline day, he could resign, or if not, he's on the move. Because that's what they told that, – that's what Chuck Fletcher said last year. It was – it came down to the wire with Lawton. They were either going to get that contract done and keep him around, or he was going to get traded. Yep. So that's what I think could happen, but I think that Ristolainen's not going to be so easy to sign because he's look. He doesn't have any loyalty of, here. No, go make, not even, go make not money. Just, yeah, but it's not. It's not about the money at this point for him. It's about I spent eight years in Buffalo, <laughs> and I came to Philly thinking it was going to be a new beginning and a new start. And it was going to be a better year than this. And, and it was another season of Buffalo. Quite well, frankly, I, I think that everybody would acknowledge how much injury played into that. Like maybe if they didn't have so many injuries, they wouldn't. I'm not saying they'd be in the playoffs, but I'm saying they'd probably be more of a bubble team. Right, you haven't had your number one defenseman all season. Like we've talked about it ad nauseum. It's it's the tagline for the season. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, like Sean Couturier is done for the year and you're going to yep. have you, you will have had him for maybe a, a third of your season. Right. A quarter to a third of your season. Kevin Hayes has barely played. You lost Joel Farabee for a month. You've lost wrist aligning at points. You've you've lost a bunch of guys. Yep. Like it, it's just the way it is. Everyone's um, had COVID. <laughs> um, almost except everyone. except Keith Yandel somehow. Uh, I was gonna say except Cam Atkinson too. Cam Atkinson has been like <laughs> bulletproof. It feels like fair enough, but I just needed the excuse you know, to make the Keith Yandel no, joke. I know. So, but but I think that I think that wrist aligning is gonna put up more of a fight here with this and. It's going to ultimately lead to he gets moved. I think that that's more likely than not. And then, so you're talking about him. You're talking about Justin Braun. You're talking about Claude Giroux. And then, yeah, Broussard's back in the lineup to see if he can maximize that value before you know the deadline. So uh, they, if they could move him, they might. But Rasmus Ristolainen, by the way, yeah, you heard it here first. L.A. Kings. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? They're second in the division. They uh, the division lead is you know within grasp at, out of a week Pacific. I uh, I think they might look at it as an opportunity. You add a guy like Risto that could get you out of the division, and all of a sudden you're in the conference finals, and anything can happen. I'm trying to think of teams that I, like that could add. Obviously, um, okay. I can't see them doing something within division. I mean, Nashville, Nashville came to my mind because Nashville already plays a little bit of that has, has a little bit of that toughness role, but they could certainly bear to add more. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I know that they they do things kind of not differently, but they're a totally different stratosphere right now. But I don't know why a team like Tampa resonates with me right now with them. It, like, can it's tough. Tampa clear out that much money? Though? No, I no, I don't think they can. But but like I'm saying, he, I I don't know why I feel like he's unless, that guy who goes, someone like, gets hurt in practice. Wink. But I, like I feel like stylistically it would be a fit. Oh sure, put okay. Think about these people on the ice at the same time. You got Rasmus Ristolainen. You got Victor Hedman, and then and honestly, any of their forwards—they're all bastards. Well, he won't. He won't play with Hedman. So no, but so I, I honestly my penalty thought, kill time he might play with them somewhere. Well, I guess, but I see. I, my thought was is you were going to sit there and tell me Ryan McDonough with Rasmus Ristolainen. and Ooh, with, that's bad. Yeah, see, yeah. What I mean? it doesn't even matter who he shares the ice with. That entire team, like Pat Maroon, could be on the ice for them. I, man, that's that's a playoff team right there. 
That team has been through every ring of Dante's Inferno. Yeah. And is ready to go do it again. Like this is yeah. the team this is the team that got swept by the, the Columbus Blue Jackets three years ago. It feels like an eternity ago. Remember that bubble? <laughs> they were up three nothing in game one. Sergei Bobrovsky made a save for the Columbus Blue Jackets and the entire series turned on his head. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I have never seen a series hinge on one single save like that. I love how you called that a bubble. Well, that was the actual bubble, wasn't it? No, that was the year before. Oh, that was the year before the bubble. Oh, my God. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why I'm laughing because I'm sitting here going, yeah, you know what? That world world does feel like a bubble now. It does. Um, Either way. So those are the three guys I think definitely definitely get moved Broussard is a maybe Jones is a maybe and then I, I, Yandel if you can go for it but I'm not holding my breath on that yeah you're kind of looking through the list and going all right Nick Sealer expires uh, give me two rolls of black hockey tape and you can have Nick Sealer no uh, they'll keep Nick Sealer because of the fact that they need somebody else to play I guess so so Sealer will play I mean it just is what it is. Um, either way, so you got. I, what I did want to talk about with the players coming back also was is because yeah. we mentioned we mentioned Kevin Hayes or we didn't mention Kevin Hayes. But we didn't Kevin mention Hayes Kevin Hayes, Hayes. Yeah. but his name came up this week, and I just don't get it. I okay. So if we talked before, if Kevin Hayes wants to come back for a couple games at the end of the season to blow a little rust off and kind of. Make it so that next season he doesn't have ten months of you know without game action. Right, I, I understand that. There's talk about him playing this week, next week. Kevin, no. There's thirty games left. Come back with five. If you want to play the last five games of the season and call it a little bit of like an off season no. mini camp for you, sure. You shouldn't play with thirty games left in the season. You should not be getting in the lineup with 30 games left in the season. There is no way he is 100%. There's no way this team's going to the playoffs. There's 8 billion years left on his deal. No, no, no. Yeah, well, that's that's the part I don't get. I mean, you've already, you've already shut down Sean Couturier for the rest of the year. I would not be surprised if within the next week... The announcement on Ryan Ellis... They, they officially pull the plug on Ryan Ellis this season. He, look, okay... And I look as as verified yet as verified yesterday afternoon because I was sitting in the same press box. He is alive. He exists. He's 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 there, but he's he he hasn't looked remotely close to returning in ages. Did you get close enough to make sure he was human, or could it have been a sophisticated robot? Uh, close enough while maintaining the proper distancing. Okay, but like but like you you saw like flesh. It wasn't like real yes, smooth plastic. Okay. Just double checking. Um, just double checking. I, I, only, I only say that because they were only about, I don't know, 15 seats down from where I was. So I think that's close enough. I mean, there wasn't many other people on the right side of me to look down. Fair as, enough. As, as I mean, it was a pretty crowded, it was a pretty crowded press box to be honest for injured players or whatever. Because uh, Ellis was there, Wade Allison was there, Hayes was there. Yeah. You know, okay. Boys of- showed up today. I mean, you know what? It was an afternoon game, too. It wasn't like it was a crazy, you know. And well, I'm sure of, there was a team dinner or something along those lines well, afterward. By the way, some, the, the, I guess the scratches or rehabbers or whatever was going on skated in the morning before the game, too. Okay. Which, 
which for a 12:30 game, yeah, like that's that's getting some really early work in then because they were probably skating at like nine nine thirty in the morning. Right. So either way, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that announcement comes soon, and then you're talking, you know, but I just didn't get it. Like the question came up about Hayes, and I'm look, I'm all for positive news. I had to type out in Mike Yo's entire answer because. He said an awful lot that you couldn't just get across in one tweet. Like, if you just left it at, oh, Mike Yo says he thinks it's a possibility Hayes returns next week, people were going to go nuts. I, I already had it happen. Right. People are going nuts. Are, are but, you saying that the internet overreacts to things sometimes? Yeah, I am. Oh, um, whoa. Crazy. What a concept. Some Sometimes, by the way. Sometimes. Once in a while. Once in a while. On rare occasion. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, my, so he gave yeah. his detailed answer about positive news and how it's how he's take he's speaking to multiple people, multiple medical professionals about whether or not this is a good idea, if there's a procedure that should be had, if there's not, but he should rest, like whatever the deal is. And I almost don't care about half of it because I'm like sitting here going, I don't care what they tell him. This is if you are thinking about the long term of this team. Then you should not be back this season. Peter. Correct. Go Peter skate Schwartz. laps in Voorhees. Right, and that's the thing. I don't want to discourage the guy from skating. Right. Go, Go out s- and practice, please. Yeah. Have a good time. But you should not be getting into a game where you can stretch hurt yourself out a little bit too nope. much here and hurt yourself again. Get yourself all nice and warm. A, uh, practice all month. Blah blah blah. Play the last two or three games of the season. Go I wouldn't even up. do. I wouldn't even do that. Fair enough. Go sign up and play in the beauty league over the summer if you want. If that, honestly, like, and just get better. You got a bill, like I said, a billion years left on this contract. Try to get to a playoff series in one of them, please. Right, I get, I hear you. Anyway, <laughs> all right, quick look ahead. Um, yes, Edmonton, Minnesota, Chicago. I'm not going to ask you about the games because I think we know how those are going to go. Um, oh, well, I don't know at this point. Uh, well, okay, sure, fair enough, and we could see, you know, kind of that better. That better effort show up again this week. Uh, instead, I'm going to ask you one more time. Edmonton, Minnesota, Chicago. Okay. Give me one player you're excited to see this week. From each team? On, on an oppo- no. no you, uh, we I mean, might no, go into one on each team, but let's just start well, with I, one off the top. I, well, I, I probably can from each team or close to, actually. Okay. Chicago's a little bit tricky, but for the first two, I can easily do it because uh, I believe I... It's pretty I soft. Remember, Softball answers. <laughs> well, for Edmonton, it is because of the fact that for Edmonton, uh, I think the last time Connor McDavid played in Philly was February of 2019. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. I haven't seen the guy in person. I think one of the uh, some of the recent games he was able to play. I don't. I think I was actually there for either. Like okay, because I, I didn't really start doing like, and I think I've said this before. I didn't really start going to every single game, going full time almost with this right until a few years back. So I'm I'm kind of you know, glad they're like, a little. I'm kind of glad they're a little warmed up because when Edmonton's in the dregs of it, you see it in Connor's face. He wears it a little bit, and it it affects his play. I'm glad glad they're rejuvenated from the coaching change as well because it seems like now you're getting the somewhat the best version of those guys, which is a good thing, obviously. And and here's the thing. For Minnesota, this is easy too. Curl the thrill, baby. Well, because of the fact that he's never played in Philly before. Right. So I'm ready to see that show. And you know what? To be honest, that's an, that's going to be an interesting game because of the fact that so much of that Minnesota team was drafted by Chuck Fletcher. Yep. So 
to kind of see how it pieced it all pieced itself all together to a team that's legitimately in the playoff race. I'll be I mean Kirill is the top of the list there. Yeah, so last season or two seasons ago when we were talking about the Flyers being the best team in hockey going into the break, we talked about Ron Hextall kind of being the guy who built the team. Yes. Chuck Fletcher is that for this Minnesota Wild team. Yeah, but now everybody has a totally different view of the way the Flyers went, obviously. But yes, Minnesota... I have a f- I have a feeling there's gonna at some point Chuck Fletcher's gonna get something similar from him out of well, Minnesota. Well, and here's the thing: so. if if you li- like, you got to look at it from a sense of like if you like the way Minnesota's playing and you like how the young guys perform. Like if you sit there and look back on it and go, you know, it's not just Kirill Kaprizov, it's Eric Sinek, it's you know, it's Greenway, it's you know, there's a lot of guys. Honestly, I mean, it's not just that, like, and, and, and some of that is acquisitions as well. I mean, they didn't just draft everybody that's on their team. Right. It's really good. I mean, look at, the, look at the year Ryan Hartman's having. Look at the year that Zuccarello's <sighs> Flyers legend, Ryan Hartman. Yeah, I hear you. Look at the year Zuccarello's having. Look at the year that, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, and the, the, see, you know what else is there, too? Sometimes we forget, like, because Chuck Fletcher was there for so long. Yeah, I forgot Matt Zuccarello was there. But sometimes we forget how long ago it was and how long Chuck Fletcher was there. That some of the guys he drafted are legit veterans that feel like they were pickups, like Matt yep. Dumba and Jonas Brodine, and like they're yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're legit vets and hardcore in their prime at this point. Yes. Yeah, deep in their prime. Exactly. Like it, it, this isn't like those are guys who have been there for a long time. Yeah, they're mature you know. players at this point. Yeah. So, so, uh, so give me Chicago, give me somebody off know. the Chicago roster. You know what? I'm gonna say, I'll say this because the easy answer is, hey, it's been a while since Kane and Taves and all that type of stuff. Sure. Um, Hagel's a guy I'd like to see. Okay. Because he's like been a little. Because he's he's been putting up some good numbers this year, and I've been curious. You know what else too? I believe that when Chicago played here two seasons ago, uh, Kirby Doc was a rookie then. I think. Okay. So I want to see how he's matured. Yeah, and he's he's come a pretty decent way since. I mean, you know him, you know like guys like that. I don't want. I didn't want to just say Kane or Kane. Although Kane started, Kane had a hat trick recent, like in the game against the Devils. So he's starting to maybe start to feel it a little bit. I'll say it. I, I want to see Mark Andre Fleury. Oh yeah, that's good. I didn't think about him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love wouldn't... love me some flower. You know why? Because uh, you know why I didn't say him because I never want to assume who the goalie is ever. I, I can always safely say, oh, this guy's going to be in the lineup. I mean, let's this way. You want to talk about Flyer legends, then Minnesota's going to be starting Flyers legend Cam Talbot. Oh, God. And he – it's so annoying that he's having a good season for them. It's so annoying because he was so bad here. I don't even think he was so bad here. He was never given a chance here. They brought him in and he got four Fair. games. Yeah, you're right. Like, for a goalie, that's, you know, that's the pitcher who comes in, like, once a week if he's lucky. Yeah, you're right. All right, I think that's about it for today. Yeah. Uh, I think we have run out of steam on this team. We talked about the games coming up ahead. we got a couple nice little home games. We'll be back next week to talk about them. In the meantime, make sure to check out the show on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Uh, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Make sure to follow at Flyer Delphia and at Sports Talk PHL for all your Flyers updates and all your other sports updates too. Um, heading into the, the maybe baseball season and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's, Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I know. But uh, there's great coverage of that over on Sports Talk Philly, so make sure to go check that out over there. Uh, there will – for that one, I should say there will be whenever it starts. Well, I mean, there, there's been some coverage of the, the lockout stuff, right? Oh, it's not that there hasn't been. It's yeah. So much of what you can cover in baseball is, like, limited. 
Like you, you can only say so much. Like there's nothing. Like nobody can do anything. So there's no signings. There's no nothing. You know, it's kind of hard to cover a sport. Right. There's actually nothing going on. We talked about that during the bubble. Like you know, if there's nothing going on, there's nothing to talk about. Exactly. But all right. So uh, anything else before we get out of here today? Nope. All right. Well, uh, in that case, make sure to follow us everywhere. You can find the show on Instagram. Podbean, Facebook, iTunes, Google Podcast. I'm doing this in a weird order. I don't know where that came from. Podbean, sportstalkphilly.com. Follow the show on YouTube. Subscribe over there. I know I mentioned it a couple times, but uh, try to build that over there and try to premiere our shows on Sundays at 8. So come check them out. And uh, in the meantime, see you.